All right, team, we're going to do a very quick one on irritable bowel syndrome. So remember that this is a very common uh, functional complaint. Patients are going to come in, uh, often um, uh, younger patients, um, who will uh, be complaining about um, either a uh, constipation or diarrhea predominant uh, GI uh, upset that um, it can be really functionally impacting and interfere with their their livelihood. So it's it's serious uh, in that sense. Um, in terms of a prevalence, we're talking about roughly 15% uh, of the population. Um, the um, the segment of them who will complain to a physician is even smaller. Um, and uh, it usually occurs, like I said, in younger individuals, people in their, their 20s and females are significantly more common than our males. Um, they will describe, uh, uh, in the terms of constipation, uh, painful, uh, uh, less frequent, you know, every three, three days or so, uh, stooling uh, from the diarrhea predominant side, small volumes, loose, uh, uh, trouble getting to the toilet, usually not incontinent though. Um, they may uh, have um, pain in the abdomen that's vague and usually not severe, uh, often related to stress, often uh, re relieved with, with, uh, with stooling. Um, a common complaint is abdominal distension and bloating. Uh, particularly among females, um, and they may have detailed descriptions of what their stool looks like, reports of uh, mucus, reports of, uh, in the constipation predominant, uh, blood streaking, um, but uh, remember that that is a potentially red flag for um, other more serious uh, presentations, and there may be uh, other vague symptoms of uh, dys dyspepsia with like nausea, usually not vomiting. Um, so the, the 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 patients where your your threshold to investigate will be lower are older folks. Um, symptoms that are are worsening, progressive. Uh, patients who complain of significant pain. Um, with, for example, nighttime waking, uh, symptoms that are associated with weight loss, certainly any fever, um, bleeding just generally, you do, you unfortunately need to investigate that. Um, uh, stool changes that are more concerning, like fatty stools, and uh, recent travel or uh, rapid onset of symptoms. There are various uh, drugs that can uh, result in an IBS uh, uh, picture. Um, this is especially true of uh, uh, anticholinergic medicine, so uh, less common in your younger patients, but uh, you might see it, uh, especially um, tricyclics. Um, uh, more commonly, uh, folks with that are taking opiates but they usually have 
uh, in my experience, enough wherewithal to attribute it to the opiate medication. Uh, remember that iron, frequently supplemented in menstruating women, can cause uh, constipation. And um, in some women, you'll see use of uh, 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 well, I suppose in, in all populations, you might see um, use of um, diuretics, uh, beta blockers. Uh, uh, those are the other the other really constipating medications to think about. And from the diarrhea perspective, people that uh, do high dose. Uh, supplements with uh, magnesium, which I have seen not infrequently. Uh, frequent NSAID use. Um, and then, you know, some people that are taking weird herbals, like uh, ginkgo can do it. Um, and uh, some people will, uh, will be taking uh, teas that can be pretty stimulating as well, teas and, and coffees that can be pretty stimulating from that perspective. Patients may come in with uh, with other sort of uh, pain uh, syndromes and somatic complaints. Um, so the the criteria that are used um, are these so-called Rome three criteria, and they're quite specific. But essentially, if you have over three months um, in the past year of abdominal discomfort uh, rather than pain per se in any uh, two of the following um, association with uh, changes in stooling frequency changes in the form of the stool uh, and relief with defecation um, that's sufficient uh, for diagnosis and then other things that are sort of supportive uh, would be um, um, description of, of how they're passing the stool with straining or urgency, feeling of uh, incomplete uh, stooling, uh, association with mucus, and then bloating or feeling uh, like they're distended. Um, in terms of symptoms that are, so this is a little bit, a little bit redundant, but you know, just remember folks that are that are in that high risk uh, category um, to, uh, to not, although um, those, uh, those symptoms may be present, um, they can be present in other more serious illnesses. So just remember that and, and don't get fooled from that perspective. Um, and your differential is going to include those things. So, you know, IBD, cancers, infections, malabsorptive syndromes like celiac disease, um, uh, thyroid changes. Um, so those can all influence stooling patterns. Things that make the, the symptoms generally worse, alcohol, um, menstruation, unfortunately, especially the bloating symptoms, stress, uh, non-digestible um, uh, sugars, like sorbitol are a, a big one um, that, that folks tend not to identify essentially because they're osmotic uh, osmotic uh, laxatives um, fat can be uh, an aggravator 
and you can if for various other aggravators you can look at the the fod map um that is fodmap uh website um particularly for food uh, uh foods that should be avoided um so generally it'll be important to, you know again these are tend to be young healthy females um but uh you may want to rule a few, a few things out. They're they're often gonna. It's it's amazing how often they'll present with, uh, with uh, the conviction that they have celiac disease. So you may have to rule it out from that perspective. I think it's usual, uh, or useful to get a CBC, and a ferritin with that. Um, and uh, if there's any significant travel history. You can can consider a, a CNS and an OMP, although I, I think they're very high or very low yield. You can look at uh, some data around that, but uh, very rarely um, would you see uh, any problems from that perspective. Um, other things to consider would be uh, a TSH, um, but again, that's going to be fairly fairly low yield. And, and if there if there is bleeding and you know bleeding especially in constipation predominant uh, with streaking is, is is not uncommon at the very least you want to do endoscopy which is unfortunate for this well it's not too invasive but it's less than ideal for this patient population and potentially um, sigmoidoscopy so in terms of managing these patients Education is really going to be important. Uh, again, I use that FODMAP resource. I don't have uh, the information on how sort of evidence-based it is, but uh, I find it helpful, especially for uh, for uh, bloating uh, predominant symptoms. Um, and then, in, in terms of uh, in terms of their diet, uh, increasing. Um, Water intake has evidence. Um, you know, the GI docs will recommend Metamucil to everyone. That is, um, sorry, in, in my community anyway, will recommend Metamucil to, every, to everyone because it sort of normalizes uh, stool consistency. So for folks that are constipated, it, it bulks stools so that they're more easily passed. And uh, same goes for uh, people with diarrhea. Um, and, uh, just avoiding those, uh, those triggers as, uh, as evidenced by, um, the FODMAP or as outlined by the FODMAP for people that are, are really, uh, severe, but I think at this point you're, you're normally, um, with, with GI, you start to think about antispasmodics. So I've seen buscopan used. Um, and, uh, uh, in, in your own, uh, setting, you know, antidepressants are, are often, uh, useful, especially what, what's kind of interesting is for people that are diarrhea predominant, you can sort of use that side effect, uh, with a low dose amitriptyline. So even like 10 milligram at night, um, will, uh, will help improve things. But for a constipated person, that's not a good idea so an ssri is probably a better option um there's some weak data around peppermint oil i haven't really seen it used and then for people that are diarrhea predominant loperamide is great 
so it's um, it's highly effective um, yeah, for social scenarios. Remember, just like all kind of things that play on the opiate system, there tends to be pretty rapid uh, habituation. So uh, limit, tell your patients to really limit it to scenarios where they need it. So in in anticipation of of uh, social events or where they're not going to be near a a, uh, a toilet. But it's it's very effective, um, and uh, cholestyramine can be effective from that perspective as well as a, a regularly as a regular agent. Um, so for people that are more constipation predominant, increasing that um, increasing water is huge. And then there's an op option for osmotic uh, laxatives. So you see a lot of women that end up on uh, daily PEG. Um, but typically um, the stimulant laxatives, uh, laxatives are less effective and can kind of contribute to cramping and stuff like that. So I tend to avoid them. I don't know how evidence-based that is. Um, and then there's some new... Um, uh, fancy medications that I, I won't re review here, but I think they all have pretty poor uh, evidence at this time. <laughs> so uh, I'm not too worried about uh, not reviewing them. Um, and then for for bloating, um, yeah, you, you do have people that use um, simethicone, which you see in a lot of endoscopy suites. I, I don't know the mechanism, but uh, it is an effective uh, anti-bloating agent. It's used in some pediatric patients. Um, I can't say that I've used it and it's probably something that's going to be at a, G a GI specialist level uh, in terms of um, prescription. And then, you know, unfortunately this is going to be something that people are going to struggle with likely for a long time. Um, so uh, you you have to counsel them around that, um, and that uh, you know they they need to to manage their symptoms, and that there is definitely a psychological component. So when you want to broach that, it's uh, to your discretion. But um, oftentimes, you know, just talking about the effectiveness of uh, antidepressants is helpful in uh, sort of normalizing that part of the discussion. So that was a general outline of IBS. Essentially, you're, you're going to categorize them. You're going to rule out serious things, categorize them into um, diarrhea or constipation predominant, identify uh, aggravating factors. Like I said, the FODMAP is an excellent resource that I use. Um, uh, do uh, an, like appropriate investigations assuming that your Rome uh, 3 criteria are met, rule out serious things uh, as best you can, um, and then really just treat uh, constipation and, and diarrhea um, as you would normally um, with, uh, with um, the consideration of people that have a pain predominance for uh, antidepressants um, and antispasmodics. And that's essentially it. Good stuff.